Well, we're just about done with this year. And today we're going to talk about something that may just happen in the year 2014. It may mean that you're going to be having to live outside your comfort zone. In today's gospel reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 23, Matthew tells us that Jesus spent part of his childhood in Egypt. Now, he doesn't go into much detail, but he tells us enough to help us understand how God was at work in Jesus' life and how he can be at work in our life as well. Now, understand this. Let's start with a guy by the name of King Herod. When the wise men left Bethlehem without returning to Herod, Herod became furious. He realized he'd been outwitted. And since he didn't know specifically which child they'd visited, he decided to kill all the children in Bethlehem two years and under. He didn't care about taking innocent lives. His only concern was to eliminate a perceived threat to his throne. And this is the kind of man Herod was. Human life was cheap to him. He didn't hesitate to kill anyone who stood in his way. When he first became king, he killed all the members of the Sanhedrin. That was the Supreme Court of the Jews. He later killed 300 court officers. He also murdered his wife, mother-in-law, and three of his own sons. In fact, the Roman Emperor Augustus once said sarcastically that it was safer to be Herod's pig than his son. So, killing helpless children meant nothing to Herod. Based on the estimated size of the population of Bethlehem in that day, there were probably 15 to 20, maybe as many as 30 children who were brutally slaughtered in this massacre. Shortly before Herod's soldiers stormed the town of Bethlehem in search of the children, though, an angel of God appeared to Joseph and told him to take his family out of Bethlehem and escape to Egypt. In our text today, in verses 14 and 15, it says, So he, that's Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Well, that makes me think we should consider Matthew's understanding of Old Testament prophecies before we go on. I mean, several times throughout his gospel, Matthew refers to an event in the life of Jesus as being the fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy. Now, I want us just to take a closer look at his tendency to do this because it confused me when I first began studying the Bible. When you look at the original prophecy that Matthew points out to in the Old Testament, it sometimes seems to be taken out of context and doesn't appear to be referring to Jesus at all. For example, this verse that Matthew cites, Out of Egypt I called my son, is taken from the prophet Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1, and is actually referring to how God delivered the nation of Israel from bondage and slavery in Egypt during the days of Moses. Now, does that mean Matthew is misusing the Old Testament by trying to get it to say something it doesn't really say? No, not at all. But you have to understand how first century Jews interpreted the Old Testament and how Old Testament prophecies work. Now, many Old Testament prophecies had a dual application, one that applies to an Old Testament event and one that applies to a New Testament event. The story may be about something else, but there are verses in the story that apply to the life of Christ. It's like Matthew was saying. The Old Testament says that God called his spiritual son Israel out of Egypt. And isn't it interesting that God called his only begotten son out of Egypt as well? 
So when Matthew makes a reference to the fulfillment of prophecy, he's not trying to distort the meaning. He's saying there's a dual application for this verse. See how the events in this Old Testament story apply also to the life of Jesus. Well, let's consider for a moment, too, Jesus living in Egypt. After fleeing, Jesus, Mary, Joseph lived in Egypt until the death of Herod. That was about three to four years. This means that Jesus spent the formative years of his childhood in a foreign country. There were a number of Jewish colonies in Egypt at that time. The Jews frequently found themselves under persecution, and it was common for them to seek refuge in Egypt. This means that Jesus would have grown up in a dual culture. In his neighborhood, he would have associated with other Jewish people, but in that same community, he would have interacted with Egyptians. Some of his playmates could have been Egyptian. Uh, Joseph probably did carpentry work for Egyptian customers. And as the family shopped in the marketplace, they would have done business with Egyptian merchants. In his childhood years, Jesus gained a perspective on life that wasn't limited to what he would have seen if he had lived exclusively in a tiny Judean village. When King Herod died, God appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him to bring his family back to Israel. And since Herod's son, one that actually survived Herod's madness, was reigning in Judea, Joseph took his family to Galilee and they made their home in a town called Nazareth. Now I doubt seriously that Joseph's first choice would have been to move his family to Egypt, and I'm sure he would have preferred to raise his son in his hometown of Bethlehem where his citizenship resided with family and friends close by. But as always, God had other plans. Joseph and his family were forced out of their comfort zone, and for a number of years they lived life on the run, so to speak. They journeyed approximately 125 miles from Bethlehem to Egypt, where they stayed for a few years. Then they left Egypt and moved 200 miles north to live in Nazareth. Again, not Joseph's first choice. Well, let's think now for a moment about the shaping of Jesus' character. The Bible says in Luke 2.52 that as Jesus was growing up, he grew, quote, in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, end quote. The book of Hebrews says in chapter 5, verse 8, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Isn't that interesting? He learned obedience. He grew in wisdom. You know, for some people, it's hard to imagine Jesus learning because he was perfect. He was sinless. He was God in the flesh. He was Emmanuel. We talked about that last week. God with us. Now, that's true, but it's also true that he was a man. He came into the world to live as a man, and he learned as we learned how to be a carpenter, how to clean his room, how to read the scriptures, and so on. So God used the events of his early life to prepare him for the work he called him to do. He led Mary and Joseph to move beyond their comfort zone, to be uprooted from their home for a period of time, because he knew these events would shape the life of Jesus, would help him grow in wisdom and help him learn obedience, and would prepare him for the work he'd come to earth to do. And you know something, friends, it works the same way for us. When you find yourself forced out of your comfort zone, you can be sure God is preparing you for something. You may not be able to see it immediately, but he can and he knows where he's leading you. You might take a new job and it doesn't go the way you thought it would. Or you might move to a new community and you don't fit in like you hoped. Or your kids start school or move away to college and you don't know what to do with your time. Or 
you may find yourself suddenly single again due to a death or divorce and it isn't clear what God has in store for you. There are times in life when we're forced out of our comfort zone and we find ourselves fleeing to Egypt in the middle of the night facing challenges we're not prepared for. But God uses these times to teach us something. And let me suggest at least three things that he teaches us. Well, first of all, he wants to teach us to stretch our boundaries. Jesus spent some of the formative years of his childhood living in a foreign country. Their skin, their language, their customs were different. <clears throat> he and his family were literally in the minority. Jesus saw from an early age that the world is not a tiny place where everyone looks and thinks and acts and talks alike. As he began his ministry, he understood that he'd come into the world to bring everyone to God, not just Jews. Those years in Egypt helped Jesus see the world from God's perspective. And that's what God wants to do with you. When he moves you out of your comfort zone, he wants you to see things uh, differently than you might have seen them otherwise. He wants you to see the world through his eyes and through his perspective. I have a friend who takes youth groups on mission trips to the Appalachians where they spend a week ministering to people whose lives are very different from their own. They see families who live in poverty, kids who've never played a video game, don't own an iPhone, or even a pair of new shoes. This experience helps them realize the world is much more than what they experience in their upper class suburb home back home. Well, if you are living outside of your comfort zone right now, it's because God is giving you the chance to stretch your boundaries, too. He wants to lead you to a new level of usefulness. He wants to teach you to see the world through his eyes. Many of you know that for years I've been writing a book, i calling it Just a Dumb Kid from Nebraska. And that's what I really consider myself to be. But quite honestly, I am amazed at how God has stretched my boundaries over the years. Taking just a young, dumb kid from a little town called Seward, Nebraska, and spreading him out all across the world. Taking someone who by nature is an introvert and putting him into these extrovertish positions like being a pastor. And taking someone whose father spent his uh, most of his life in prison and then moving him into a position where he ministers to people in prison for many years. Believe me, my boundaries stretched. I have a sense of new usefulness, and I begin to see the world through God's eyes. Well, let's move on. The second thing he wants to teach us is he wants you to experience his protection. He wants me to experience that. I mean, God sent Jesus to Egypt to protect him from Herod's soldiers. It's the same reason he sent Joseph and Mary back to Nazareth when they returned from Egypt. Back in our text, verses 21 to 23, So he, that's Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But he, when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in the dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. God directed Joseph to Egypt and to Nazareth to protect his family. That might have been easier or more comfortable to stay in Bethlehem, but for his protection and his family's protection, he needed to be in Egypt and later in Nazareth. 
Now, friends, when God leads you out of your comfort zone, he may be doing it to protect you, or he may be doing it to protect your family. His way is always the best way. It may not always be the easiest way, but believe me, it's always the best way. And sometimes in order to save you or in order to protect you, he has to take you all the way to Egypt. Now, the third thing he wants us to learn is to depend on him. When God told Joseph to take his family to Egypt, he also said in verse 13 of our text, Stay there until I tell you. Joseph knew his time in Egypt would be temporary. He also knew the only way he would know it was time to leave was if God told him. The plan was not for Joseph and his family to go to Egypt and establish a new life there. The plan was to go to Egypt and listen for further instructions. Joseph and his family were far away from home, yet totally dependent on God. Joseph was in a position in which he had to put all of his trust in God and remain focused on hearing God's voice. Do you remember the movie Castaway, starring Tom Hanks? It's one of my favorites, but there's one aspect that I find entirely unrealistic. As you probably know, Tom Hanks is in a plane crash at sea, and he ends up on an uninhabited island. But, it, you know, regardless of what happens to that point, here's the real unrealistic part. Even after Tom Hanks survives the plane crash and washes the shore on this uncharted isle, he never prays. He never asks for help. He never thanks God for saving his life. He never even shakes his fist in anger at his horrible predicament. And I say this is completely unrealistic. I learned about human nature. Whether a person is religious or not, when they find themselves thrown for a loop, they call on God. Whether or not they actually turn their lives over to him is a different matter, but I'd venture to say that the majority of people would call on God for help if they were stranded alone on an island. It reminds me that back in 1965, Howard Rutledge was captured by the Vietnamese and he was held as a prisoner in a, in a prisoner of war camp for seven years. And when he was captured, Captain Rutledge was only marginally religious. But once inside the Hanoi Hilton for seven years, the focus of his thoughts were directed to God. He called out to God for help, and God was there for him. And during those years in that dreadful prison, he learned to depend on God, and he experienced the presence of God in his life in a way far beyond what he had imagined possible before his imprisonment. During those times that we are forced out of our comfort zone, we have the opportunity to hear God's voice more clearly than ever before, to experience his presence more powerfully than ever before. Friends, if you've been pushed out of your comfort zone, it's because God is giving you a chance to learn to depend on him, to hear his voice and obey his voice. At some time or another, we'll all be called out of our comfort zone. When we're forced outside the comfort zone, we expand our boundaries and we learn to see the world through God's perspective. When we leave our comfort zone, we also experience God's protection and we learn to depend on him. Time spent outside our comfort zone gives God the opportunity to shape our character and makes us what he wants us to be. You know, in this Christmas season, I also think about Jesus, about how he was really outside his comfort zone. I mean, imagine this. 
being in heaven with all of the glory and magnificence up there. He chose on God's behalf to live outside his comfort zone, to be one of us. And through that miraculous conception by the Holy Spirit, in his virgin mother Mary, he entered into this world and God became man. He became one of us. And he lived our life for us so that we, through him, might have a life with him and his Father forever in heaven. He, too, lived outside his comfort zone. And that's why he calls us to do the same. So, friends, enjoy the trip and know that God is always with you. I mean, think about this again, that in the book of Matthew, he starts out by saying, you shall call him Emmanuel, because it means God with us. And at the very end of the book of Matthew, he says it one more time, for lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.